Cyrano de Bergerac in Space is a five-part all-audio radio play. While there is some language used, it is intended for all audiences. This episode of Cyrano de Bergerac in Space is sponsored by The Icon Group, Studio Dubois Incorporated, Jonathan Safford, Jonathan Safford, Voice of Christian, available for voice acting work, commercials, audiobooks, narration, and more. Contact him at readyman45 at gmail.com. And Joseph Vigent. Thank you. 1912. Fifteen years has passed since the Gascon cadets' assault on Cimmeril. Although there were many casualties... The Panion were defeated by the brave passengers of the downed starship Duroc. The distress call sent by the android Ragano had been successfully answered by King Michael of the planet Jalil. The king, along with his fleet, had come to the cadets' rescue, destroying the Panion. The Panion queen had been defeated. The last blow was given by Lebray, Cyrano's right-hand man and friend. And for his valor, de Guiche, now Admiral de Guiche, granted him rank of commander. After hearing that Christian, a Jillian himself, had bravely sacrificed himself to save de Guiche, King Michael offered his planet as refuge for the shipless passengers of the Dirac. As the years went on, most passengers departed for other planets, while some stayed on Jalil and made lives for themselves. Together with de Guiche and Lebray, Professor Lassau took the past fifteen years to build a new, technologically advanced starship. Valvere, having lost most of the feeling in his legs, joined the Gillian Queen's court, where he sat and gossiped most days. Duena became a planet-hopping marriage officiant. She is always on time. With the observation deck on the Dirac gone, Belarus now operates a small concert hall on Jalil. Both Jangoon and Lenier perform there frequently. In memory of the other cadets that had perished in the fight, a magnificent garden was constructed in a secluded region of the planet. The morning Roxanne had volunteered to keep watch and tend to the oasis, and there she stayed in seclusion for most of her humbly lived days. She had a Toldarian sprot tree planted, especially for Christian, towards the middle of the sanctuary in remembrance of her one and only love. Cyrano de Bergerac's left leg was greatly injured in the battle with the Panion, and was replaced with a completely metal one. Denied combat, Cyrano spent most of his time in poverty on Jalil, writing and entertaining the populace with his quick wit and mad temper. Needless to say, he made many enemies. Cyrano visited Roxanne at the gardens every day. 1912 Fifteen years later, and the newly constructed starship King, far larger than its predecessor, was set to make its maiden voyage early tomorrow. Admiral de Guiche spent the past fifteen years gathering funds and volunteers to create the Duroc's successor, and he, Commander Lebray, and Professor Lassau were making the final preparations for their launch. Wanting to wish Roxanne farewell, the Admiral had made the long trek to the gardens of the Gascon cadets, and as the afternoon sun fell, the two walked through the flora together. I am glad to hear such things. Lesser sends his regards, by the way. Impressed I am at the progress that this sanctuary has made. Will your work ever cease, Roxanne? I understand if you wish to not join the Starship King, but you stay here still, ever vainly fair, ever in weeds. Ever. Still mourning? Still. 
My apologies. Am I forgiven? I, since I am here. His was a soul, you say? Ah, when you knew him. Ah, maybe. I perchance too little knew him. And his last letter, ever next to your heart. Hung from this chain, a gentle scapulary. And dead, you love him still. At times, meseems he is but partly dead. Our hearts still speak, as if his love, still living, wrapped me round. Cyrano comes to see you? Often, I. Dear kind old friend, I call him my gazette. He never fails to come. Beneath this tree we place his chair, if it be fine. I wait. I broider. The clock strikes. At the last stroke, I hear, for now I never turn to look, too sure to hear his cane tap down, his metal leg clang so. He seats himself. With gentle raillery, he mocks my knitting that's never done. He tells me all the gossip of the week. Why, here's Lebray. I assume you've said your goodbyes, Commander? How goes it with our friend Cyrano? Ill, very ill. How? Oh, he exaggerates, Ollander. Cyrano is as fine as rain. It is all that I prophesied. Desertion won. His words now make him fresh enemies. Attacking the sham royalty, sham devout, sham brave, the thieving authors, all the world. <laughs> Even though he has slowed, his sword of ancestors still holds them all in check. None can get the better of him. <sighs> Time will show. Oh, but I fear for him. Not man's attack. Solicitude, hunger, cold days, that wolf-like steal into his chamber drear. Lo, the assassins that I fear for him. Each day he tightens by one hole his belt, that poor nose-tinted like old ivory. He's restrained one shabby suit of surge. Aye, there is one who has no price of fortune, yet is not to be pitied. Pity him not. He has lived out his pains, free in his thoughts as in his actions free. But Admiral... Aye, true. I envy him. Look you, when life is brimful of success, though the past holds no action foul, one feels a thousand self-disgusts, of which the sum is not remorse, but a dim, vague unrest. And as one mounts the steps of worldly fame, the admiral's silk cape trail within their folds a sound of dead illusions, vain regrets. A rustle. Scarce a whisper, like as when mounting the terrace steps by your morning robe sweeps in its train the dying autumn leaves. You are pensive. <laughs> True. I am. <laughs> Lebray, sorry. By all means. Lebray, is it true that none dare to attack your friend Cyrano, but many hate him? Yesterday I heard rumor. Twas said that Cyrano may die, and made to look by accident. I thought it was simple boast, but if he's made ill of his enemies, danger may follow. Let him stay in. Be prudent. Prudent. Aye, sir. He... he's coming here. I'll warn him, but... What is it, gentlemen? Oh, Lebray, it's Ragano. She comes to tell her troubles. Let it end. Having been a failed author, poor android... Now, by turns, she's singer, baker, then actor, poet, wig maker, teacher of the trumpet. What will she be today, by chance? Then I must be gone. Starship King awaits final inspection, and I must meet with several other officers before night. Will you walk me out, Roxanne? 
My pleasure. Oh, madame! Oh, and you're here to Lebray! Oh, Ragano! Tell all your miseries to Lebray. I will return anon, and I must bid farewell to the Admiral. Goodbye. Oh, madame! I say, return, Ragano. May I take your hand, Ollander? It would be my honor, my lady. Cyrano. I ran. I saw. Tidious. Saw our poet, Sir our friend, struck to the ground a large wound in his head. He's dead? No, but I bore him to his room. Ah, oh, his room. What a thing to see, that garret. He suffers? No, his consciousness has flown. Saw you a doctor. One was kind. He came. Poor Cyrano. We must not tell this to Roxanne suddenly. What said this physician? Said what I know not. Ah, oh, could you see him all his head bound up? But let us haste. There's no one by his bed, and if he try and rise, sir, he might die. Come, let us make haste. Poor Cyrano. Commander Lebray? Commander Lebray? Lebray? Lebray goes? When I call? Tis some new trouble of good Raganos. Pity. Alone once again. Roxanne's attention turns to that of the large chairs that surround Christian's tree. Walking to the memorial, she picks up her knitting, sits, and begins to work on the garment. Ah, what a beauty in Jalil's briskness. My sorrows eased. The warm season's joy dazzled it, but the chilling season wins it with her dying calm. He'll be here now. The hour strikes. My silks? Why, now the hour's struck. How strange to be behind his time, at last today. Perhaps his leg is... Where's my yarn? Here. Cyrano's leg is keeping him. Or he may be hungry. Got a bite to eat. Surely he must come soon. A dead leaf... Nothing besides. Nothing could hinder him. <laughs> what was I saying? Time has dimmed the tints. How harmonize them now? For the first time late. For the first time in all these fourteen years, Mr. de Bergerac. I can't even look at you. I... It is villainous. I raged, was stayed. By? By a bold, unwelcome visitor. Some creditor? I, Roxanne. The last creditor who has a debt to claim from me. And you have paid it? No, not yet. I put it off. Said, cry you mercy, this is Saturday. When I've get a standing rendezvous that not defers. Call is an hour's time. Ah, well, a creditor can always wait. I shall not let you go ere twilight falls. Happily, perforce, I quit you ere it falls. 
How now? You have not yet teased my knitting? True. That tapestry. Beshrew me if my eyes revel see it finished. I was sure to hear that well-known jest. Do you hear that? The autumn leaves. Soft, golden brown. See how they fall? Aye. See how brave they fall. In their last journey downward from the bough to rot within the clay. Yet lovely still, hiding the horror of the last decay with all the wayward grace of careless flight. What? Melancholy? You? Nay. Nay, Roxanne. Then let the dead leaves fall the way they will. And chat! What, have you nothing new to report by Gazette? Listen. Ah. Saturday, the 19th, having eaten to excess of pear jelly, King Michael felt feverish and toilet-ridden, Edmund Roston's new play premiered today, and he is set to leave Jalil in a week's time. At the Queen's Ball in on Sunday, thirty score of the best white cream pufflets were thrown upon Valvere in jest from the young prince. <laughs> the Ventian troops, they say, have chased the Eldantian army out of the Tarbith Quadrant. The new starship King is preparing its maiden voyage. The little dog of Mrs. Athos took a tumble down the hill. He's fine. I bid you hold your tongue, Mr. de Bergerac. Monday. Not much. Madame Constance changed her hair. Oh. Tuesday. Workers repaired the library. Wednesday. Linier said to Jangoon, Now, Thursday, who said? The Queen. Friday, Linier said to Jangoon, said yes, and Saturday the 26th. (sighs) What happened on the 26th? Cyrano? Cyrano? (laughs) What what is this? Uh, Nay, on my word, it is nothing. Let me be. But! That old wound from Silmaril. Sometimes, as you know. Dear friend! There's nothing. It'll pass soon. See? It is past. Each of us has his wound. I, I have mine, never healed up. Not healed yet, my old wound. Tis here, beneath this letter, brown with age, all stained with teardrops, and still stained with blood. His letter. Christian. Oh, you promised me one day that I should read it. What would you? His letter? Yes, I would fain. Today. See, here it is. I keep it in a sealed bag round my neck. Tis all I have left of him. Have I your leave to open? Open. Read. Roxanne, adieu. I soon must die. This very night, beloved, and I feel my soul heavy with love untold. I die, no more as in days of old. My loving, longing eyes will feast on your least gesture, I the least. I mind me the way you touch your cheek with your finger, softly, as you speak. Ah, me, I know that gesture well. My heart cries out. I cry, farewell.
But... But how you read that letter, one would think... My life, my love, my jewel, my sweet. My heart has been yours in every beat. You read in a voice so strange, and yet... It is not the first time I hear that voice. Here, dying, and there, in the land on high, I am he who loved, who loves you, I. The sunlight dims, yet you read perfectly on. How can you read so precise? It is too dark to see. Almost as if you recite from memory. And fourteen years long, he has played this part of the kind old friend who comes to laugh and chat. Roxanne? Twas you! No. Never. Roxanne, no. I should have guessed every time he said my name. No, it, it was not I. It was you. I swear! I see through all your generous counterfeit. The letters, you. No. The sweet, mad love words, you. No. The voice that thrilled the night, it was you. You! I swear you err! The soul. It was your soul. I loved you not. You loved me not. You loved me. <sighs> See? See how you falter now? I never loved you. Oh. Things dead, long dead. See how they rise again. Why? Why keep silence all these fourteen years, when on this letter, which he never wrote, the tears were your tears? The bloodstains were his. Why, then? That noble silence kept so long, broken today for the first time. Why? <sighs> Why? There he is, Ragano! What madness! Here! I knew it well. What now, Lebray? He has brought his death by coming, madam. God! Then that faintness of a moment since- Why, true. It interrupted the Gazette. Saturday, 26th. At dinner time. Assassination of de Bergerac. See underneath this hat, tis a river. What says she? Cyrano. Cyrano, his head all bound. What has chanced? How? Who? To be struck down, pierced by sword of the heart, from a hero's hand. That I dreamed. Oh, mockery of fate. Killed I, of all men. In an ambusade, struck from behind and by a lackey's hand. <laughs> Tis very well. I am foiled, foiled and all, even in death. Oh, <laughs> Ragano, weep not so bitterly. Twas poor Icarus that did land upon my head. What do you now, old comrade? I'm writing for Rostan stage. Rostand? Yes, but I shall leave tomorrow. I cannot bear it. Yesterday they played Chanticleer. I saw he thieved a scene from you. Well, uh, wait, a whole scene? Oh, yes, indeed, Lebray. Tis a scene from Act 3. Twas from your Romulus 3, Cyrano, the jewel. Rostand has stolen that. <laughs> he did well. How went the scene, Ragano? It told? I... Think it told? Ah! Oh, they Look, you. It was my life to be the prompter everyone forgets. Roxanne, that night when neath your quarters Christian spoke under your orbed balcony, you remember? Well, there was the allegory for my whole life. 
I in the shadow of heroes' feet, while they lightly float to love and fame. Just, very just. Here on the threshold drear of death, I pay my tribute with the rest. To Rostin's genius, Christian's fair face. A doctor. Someone call a doctor. Call me no one. Leave me not. When you come back, I should be gone for I. Live. For I love you. Now, in fairy tales, when to the ill-starred prince the lady says, I love you, all his ugliness fades fast. But I remain the same, up to the last. I have marred your life. I, I... You blessed my life. Never on me had rested woman's love. My mother could not even find me fair. I had no sister, and when grown a man I feared the women who would mock at me. But I have had your friendship. Grace to you a woman's charm has passed across my path. I loved but once, yet twice I lose my love. The sun had finally set on the oasis as the beautiful Gillian moon glistened its dim purple light over the friends, the dying Gascon looks upwards at the full moon and slowly slumps in his chair, a ghastly pale. Your other lady love has come, Cyrano. I see. Hark you, Lebray. I soon shall reach my moon. Tonight, alone. With no trash cans aid. What are you saying? I tell you, it is there, there, that they send me for my paradise. There I shall find at last the souls I love, in exile. Galileo. Socrates. No, 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 it's too clumsy, too unjust, so great a heart, so great a poet. Die? Like this. What, die? Hark to the bray who scolds. Oh. Dear friend. What ho? Cadets of Gascony. The elemental mass. Ah, yes. The hypothesis. Is science still? <laughs> he raves. <laughs> Copernicus said, Make your diabeletti fair. Make your diabeletti fair dans cette galère. Philosopher. Metaphysician. Rhymer. Braver and musician, famed for his lunar expeditions. All the unnumbered duels he fought, and lover also, by interposition. Here lies Cyrano Hercule de Bergerac, who was everything, yet was not. I cry you pardon, but I may not stay. See the moon ray that comes to call us hence. I would not bid you mourn less faithfully. That good, brave Christian. I would only ask that when my body shall be cold in clay, you wear those sable morning weeds for two. And mourn while for me, in mourning him, Roxanne. I swear it to you. Not here. What? Seated? No. I stand. Cyrano, sit. Let no one hold me up, only the tree. It comes, e'en now my feet had turned to stone. My hands are gloved with lead, 
But since death comes, I meet him still afoot, and my sword of ancestors in hand. Cyrano. Cyrano. <laughs> Why, I well believe he dares to mock mine house. Oh, insolent. What say you? It is useless. I, I know, but who fights ever hoping for success? I fought for lost cause and for fruitless quest. You there, you are who? Who are you? You are thousands. Ah, I know you now, old enemies of mine. Falsehood, have at you. And compromise, prejudice, treachery, surrender, I? No, never, you too, folly. You? I know that you will laid me low at last. Let be, yet I fall fighting, fighting still. You strip from me the laurel and the rose. Take all. Despite you, there is yet one thing I hold against you all. And when tonight I, I enter Christ's fair courts, and lowly bowed, sweep with doffed cask the heaven's threshold blue, one thing is left, that void of stain or smutch, I bear away despite you. Tis. My panache. Say au revoir, Banakubai, for parting brings a bitter sigh. The past is gone, though memory gives one clinging thought. The future lives, our duty first. Love must not lead what might have been, had fate decreed. Were better far had we not met. I loved you then, I love you yet. Serenade de Bergerac in Space was graciously sponsored by the Icon Group, Studio Dubois Incorporated, Jonathan Safford, and Joseph Vigent. This episode of Cyrano de Bergerac in Space featured Andy Affleck as De Guiche, Audrey Dubois as Roxanne, Drake Lowe as Lebray, Jim Kenny as narrator and various ensemble roles. You can find Jim as an actor, director, and producer at the Norwich Arts Center in Connecticut. They are looking to book theatrical new work. Shannon McLeod as Ragano and Caleb McPhee as Cyrano de Bergerac. This show was edited, directed, and produced by me, Tyler H. Vigent. Additional editing and sound and music design by Andy Affleck. Say au revoir, but not goodbye, originally composed by Harry Kennedy. Say au revoir, but not goodbye, acoustic version. Vocals by Maya Mallow. Guitar by Drake Lowe. Special thanks to Eric Dubois for setting up our sponsors page. I would also like to express my gratitude to all of our Cyrano sponsors throughout this entire process, including the Icon Group, Studio Dubois Incorporated, Jonathan Safford, and remembering Artie Robillard, as well as my father, Joseph Vigent. Thanks, Dad. Love you. 
And that concludes Cyrano de Bergerac in space. I would like to acknowledge all the hard work that everybody who was involved in this project has put into Cyrano de Bergerac in space. We have been working on this for the past year, basically for the entirety of the pandemic. This has been a fantastic, lovely experience. I had the idea for Cyrano de Bergerac in space after my high school English teacher, Mrs. Blanco, had us read from it for one of the semesters. And it's been a favorite story of mine for years and years. And I always thought that it would be great as a space opera. And with that, I would like to say, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, cadets. The waters glide, the oars lie still, a rippling laugh, a word at will, or angels fear, full stare to tread, shall live for years, though past is dead, this one goodbye must be our last. The word is spoke, the die is cast, but still my heart throbs wild with pain. And though we ne'er shall meet again, say au revoir, but not goodbye. Though past is dead, love cannot die, t'were better far had we not met. I loved you then.